Welcome to another edition of Giving the Points podcast, powered by Fantrax.com, home for our personal college fantasy football league for many years, including this one. And with me, as always, is Jason Osho Dell. So without further delay, Osho, give me three takeaways from last week's college football action. Takeaways from last week. Rattler is snake bitten. He is done. After the performance that his backup quarterback put up, I don't see him jumping up on the field. And he also uh, has taken his Oklahoma status off of his Instagram. So he is done in oh, Oklahoma. Shit. Yes, okay. that come out today. Number two, Iowa is exactly what I told you they, they were two weeks ago before the Penn State game. Iowa went back to being Iowa and took an ass beating from Purdue. I will say that again, Purdue. In Iowa. Number th- in Iowa, yes. The kids in the hospital were not happy. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. They, what they do? In the, between the in third the, and fourth quarter, they turn yep. around and like wave to them or something? Yeah, really good tradition in college football. It is kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, I kind of like it. It's, yeah. it's it's really what college football is all about. But, uh, oh, yeah. The kids were pissed. They're flicking them off. Anyway, go ahead. Yep. Number three, Pac-12. ACC and Big 12 are trash. It is official. Put it in the books for this year. They're trash. And I got a fourth one for this one. Please. The more the merrier. I never thought we'd be talking about the Syracuse Orangemen. But their uniforms on Friday night were sweet. They come out of the tunnel looking sharp with their metallic helmets. They kind of went a little Oregon-ish on us. Um, so go back and look at those unis. They were, they were really sweet. And Florida had some really good uniforms this week too. The all orange. So I, those, those two things jumped out at me over the weekend. And by looking uh, at some of the unis. Yeah. I'm trying to look at, I remember the, the, the Florida ones were like ones from the eighties. If I recall, like when Emmett Smith was there Yeah, and, uh, I, I, I'm not having any luck finding Syracuse. I'll have to look at that. Maybe post a picture on our uh, Twitter handle, which by the way, is giving the points podcast for those of you following. So let's jump right in. Of course, we'll delve into the world of college football and wagering here a little bit more uh, later in the show. But as always, we'll jump off with our list segment. So this was your idea. You know, we revolve uh, non-sports and sports every other week as our topic. So you came up with a, uh, a photo of nine music artists who are passed away. And of those nine, give me your favorite three artists, which you would have paid good money to attend a concert and why. So um, we'll post a picture of the nine artists um, on our Twitter feed at the uh, Giving the Points podcast after the show here and see who you decide on. But I guess we'll start with the O show. Who is your third most wanted concert? I don't know how you want to say that. Well, when, when you look at the artists that are out there, there, there were nine. This has been floating around the internet for a, a couple of weeks now, and I've looked at it, and I said, yeah, I know who mine is. But okay. you know, we, we always go back and forth about music. So you've got Jimi Hendrix, Michael Jackson, Biggie, Tupac, Queen, Whitney Houston, David Bowie, Prince, and the Rasta Man. So... Bob Marley. Uh, Bob Marley. So I, I I looked at all these and I was like, okay, I know who my number one is, but l- let's let's delve into it a little deeper because you and I have completely different musical tastes. Yeah. Um, so I, number know, three. I, I don't know. I, 
I I disagree with that. I think we, other than the little fella from Minneapolis, I mean, I, I think that we're on par with our hip hop for the most part. But well, let's for see the what most you, part. Yeah, for the most part. So number number one from number three for me was really tough. Yeah. It was between Michael Jackson and Biggie. Hmm. Okay, not a Tupac fan. Never been a two. I mean, he had a couple of good songs, but. Hmm. Not a lot of creativity from my lens. Okay. Um, I was more of a, a biggie guy. I like the East Coast, um, New York style rap. So I, I sided with my number three with Michael Jackson. Okay. Because if you look at the entertainment value of going to a concert, I just thought Michael Jackson would be better in concert than Biggie. Hmm. I like Biggie's music probably a little bit better than MJ's. Mm-hmm. But I, I got to go with Biggie for number three. You know, I think Michael, I've never been to a concert or hadn't been to one of his when he was alive. But I think from what I've seen footage of, he he seems to put on a pretty big show, makes it big. So, um, yeah, that, I'm, I'm surprised that uh, he's not in my three. So uh, number three might surprise you here. Pretty much for the most part, one and two are one A and one B. But number three, I'm going to go with Whitney Houston. Um, they're just growing up. She was like the thing, you know, in my era, I'm, I'm only two years behind you, but in the eighties and early nineties, man, that was, there was no one bigger other than maybe Madonna, as far as a female artist, she's got tons of hits from the eighties, um, on top of my favorite Super Bowl national anthem by far ever. That just gives me chill bumps. Every time I remember that back, I think in the early nineties, really good, but yeah. And there would be a ton of hot chicks in attendance there so you got to think about that too so um yeah for my okay. money late 80s early 90s whitney houston uh take that as my number three which you got for number two two is clean cut number two queen i love queen's music i've seen lots of footage for them back in the late 70s early 80s that would be one hell of a concert to go to yeah. And if you could pick somewhere, not even in America, somewhere over in Latin America, somewhere over in Europe, mm-hmm. that would have been a really, really cool show to go to. Yeah. Um, so Queen for me would be number two. Easy. Yeah. Freddie Mercury seems like he he's a, definitely putting on a good show. He's all over the stage. I mean, from just watching footage of him on YouTube and, of course, the movie. Um, what that was the movie called? You I don't know, but it was good. Queen, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what it was called. Um, I can't believe it. I saw okay, it. so one B or two would have to be Biggie, the notorious B.I.G. Biggie Smalls, however you want to call him. Um, although I would much rather listen to a studio album uh rather than him on a live show. He's one of the best lyricists of all time. I just you know, I obviously cut his life cut way too short, but um, I, I just think he's a great, great rapper. Um, would love to see him on stage with all Junior Mafia, even Lil Kim. All you know, I can pass on Puff Daddy, but or whatever yeah, he is. Yeah. So number two is Notorious B.I.G. Which got for number see, uno? Yes. You know, all the rap concerts I've ever attended, mm-hmm. they were nothing like the the studio. They had nothing. They they didn't sound right. You know, I've seen Wu-Tang a couple of times and really great shows, but not 
it's just too much stuff going on on stage. I don't know what it is about rap concerts. It, there's just so much going on on stage that you can't keep up with all of it. And so that's why I kind of, I kind of pushed Biggie and, you know, Tupac wouldn't even been fifth on the list, unfortunately. Um, that'll come surprise. Cause I, I like hip hop. I like that, but there are others on here that I'd r- much rather see. So number one, the purple one, Prince. Everybody knew where this was going down. It was going down a highway straight to Minneapolis. And I'm, I'm very proud of it. And Prince is the man. He will always be the man. He's a guitarist. He is. A, he should have won an Oscar for Purple Rain. You know, there's so many good things that he should have done. You know, his life was cut short due to his drug activity. But number one, Prince. I think you're muted there, sir. I think you're muted. I appreciate your uh, opinion. Of course, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. So, yes, they do. Um, you know, we knew all the entire world, if they listened to this, know, knew where that was going. But um, give me your top two print songs, real quick. I'm going to put you on the spot. Top two print songs. Obviously, Purple Rain's got to be one of them. Does it though? Yes. Really? Yes. If you just put some Bose headphones on and listen to that song, number two is could be one of a couple. Um, okay. Darla Nikki would have to be up there. I don't even know that one. I have to listen. Oh my listen God. Seen it. Okay. You, you got to listen to it. You know, okay. you, you got to listen to You're it. You're not going to um, change me, but I'll, I'll still listen to it. No, in, it's, in honor it's of- one of the. If my mother would have knew I was listening to Darla Nikki at the ripe age of about 11, right. she would have lost it. Um, <laughs> it was the, one of the first pornographic songs I've ever heard. Oh, wow. And you okay. know really what I was listening to. Okay. Um, Get Off would be a, another good one. Um, Little Red Corvette, hmm. 1999, not so much. No. Um, that, whole, that whole Delirious album. Um, the one he cut before Purple Rain is insane, too. So uh, there's just so many. Okay. Well, and my number one, as no surprise, as I foreshadowed, is Tupac Shakur. Um, you know, the guy has so much energy. I know he's, for the most part, just he talks way too much shit. But he'd have a hell of a live show. I can just picture it with, you know, all of Death Row, Snoop. I hope that I wouldn't see Suge Knight because I hate that son of a bitch. Um, you know, Snoop, Dre, and all of Death Row, maybe even the Dog Pound. Um, it's just, it'd be so hype just thinking about being there, literally in the middle of that, you know, be hot, sweaty mess with a beer in my hand. It'd be great. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's tons of the, my favorite album of his is easily All Eyes on Me. That double album came out like, yeah, mid 90s, just, just ridiculous songs. Um, but yeah, Tupac would definitely be my number one out of that. So, and see, well, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I like that. I like Dr. Dre. I like that whole NWA, uh, DOC, I like yes, all that. Yeah. But Tupac to me, just, I mean, he was all hyped up. Plus he, he got Biggie killed. Yeah. Allegedly. I mean, there, there's no, there's no doubt. I mean, Tupac had what it was coming to him. And then we could do a whole show, the conspiracy show around on this. We are to do a conspiracy show and talk about the conspiracies that are out there. But, right, you know, for at one time, Tupac and Biggie were, were, were actually friends. 
Yeah. They're both I going heard. up in the music industry together. Right. And I mean, Tupac, I think he killed. And then yeah. they killed. And, and, and granted, it was just like to me, it was like wrestling. You yeah. know, they acted like they hated each other, but it was all to all to sell records, which was a smart marketing idea until people that don't know start trying to gun you down. So I respect the Tupac. I mean, it's no prince, but I respect Tupac. So you know who my least favorite of the nine would be. Who would you have to pick out of those nine that you wouldn't bother wanting to see? David would Bowie. David Bowie? Yeah. Yeah. I have no use for him. <laughs> and and really true yeah. truly, once you get past um Whitney's one or two songs I'm, i got no use for her either really yeah okay. in, in in the 80s when she, when whitney was whitney she was unbelievable but mm -hmm. once she got hooked up with bobby and drugs she went to shit mm. so yeah. i'd be afraid i buy a ticket to the bobby whitney and i don't, I don't want it, no part of that ain't nobody humping around all right so yeah i mean obviously we know who my least favorite is but we won't go into that so again we're going to post our picks and uh throw them on twitter at giving the points podcast if you want to take a look and of course we'll be back next week with a sports related list segment so um anything pop culture current events personal stuff that you want to talk about before we delve into our fucktard and then the rest of the college football landscape you know current events i, I did catch up on a new series and I, I am completely done over the last seven days have you seen squid games no but i've heard all kinds of stuff about it it is worth a watch Okay. It, you're not, you're not going to walk away and say, this is the best series that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. You're not going to say, oh, that's tremendous acting, but there are a lot of plot twists and the idea is intriguing mm. as to what they're doing. Um, there's more to the story as you go into the last, last episode uh, that kind of makes it all wrap up in a nice little ball. It's worth a watch. It's, okay. it's worth eight hours of your time. Oh, eight hours. Oh, well, there's only one season. Okay. And there, I think they're about an hour a piece. I think, I think there was eight episodes. Damn. All right. Well, um, so the you may have first given one gets us... off a little slow. The first, yeah. the first show is a little slow, but it's setting everything up to, to do very nicely. So got it. That's uh, it's, it's been on my list for a few, I think it's just recently within the last week or two, maybe. Yeah, if the if the media really picked up over the last ten days or so, okay. I heard about it on some social media, and I was like, "What is this Squid Games?" And I thought yeah. it was going to be some kind of Japanese Korean game show or something. And I went on to Netflix and looked it up, and it was like it was an actual acting series. And I'm like, I read of what it was about. I'm like, okay, I want to at least give it a shot. And I was, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, so that puts me that gives us something my wife and i something to possibly binge in the next two days it happens to be our 15th anniversary tomorrow so what we're congratulations doing, thanks bro so and how many years have y'all been married by the way i think you've told me a prison sentence um 19 <laughs> okay and you've been with her how long total 22 damn okay so we've been we were just with each other for a year before we got married. So uh, 16, maybe a little bit more. But anyway, we're going to St. Augustine to uh, bed and breakfast for the next two days. Okay. So uh, with some downtime, we may just flip on that and uh, relax and not worry about working or family or anything. And uh, and then we're coming home Saturday morning. 
<clears throat> excuse me, for my my grandson. I can't believe grandson's first birthday party that we're hosting at the house. So, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, we Big wanted weekend. to try try to fit something in for us for our anniversary, and then um, you know turn our focus to him. And uh, obviously, he's not going to know what the fuck's going on, but we uh, we're gonna you know since my daughter and her boyfriend, you know, the parents are living with us for the time being. We're going to figure it'd be cheaper to do it here than spend money and go to somewhere that the one-year-old's not even going to remember. So no, and you won't remember it in two years either. Right. Unless you take some pictures. Well, so that's, well, just know as you're doing all that family stuff, I'll be sitting at the poker table, stacking up my chips and stacking it again. And we have to delve into that one more time in the near future when we have some, we had carve out some time for us to talk about your uh, success. Um, I want to take some time now before we get in, before we take our first break, talk about a fucktard. Now, normally the focus, you, you give the focus to the fucktard. I'm going to take the mic this time. As you're aware, probably by now, last Saturday night, not in Knoxville, Tennessee, let me just set the scene. So obviously Ole Miss was playing at Tennessee. Um, it was a back and forth game. Ole Miss had to leave for the majority of the game, if not the entire game. So, during the fourth quarter, late in the game, after a controversial fourth down conversion was not made by the Tennessee offense, all hell broke loose. They were down by five points, ended up losing by five points to Ole Miss. The home fans, mainly from the student section, from what I could see, began throwing water bottles. I saw beer cans, which I'm pretty sure that Neyland Stadium is not beer friendly since it's a college environment. Golf balls. Yes, delaying the uh, chucking a golf ball, Lane Kiffin, who actually picked it up and showed the referee. That was great. I might put a picture of that on the on Twitter. Uh, delaying the game for twenty minutes just to clean up the field, and, and they were talking about having to re reschedule the game. So, uh, you know, he obviously Kiffin has a, a past being the coach there for a few seasons. So that resulted in eighteen people arrested after the view. They actually reviewed footage of people throwing from the cameras in various locations in the stadium, they were able to reveal 18 identified people who were doing this. So that's my fucktard is the entire easily, not just the stadium, which is probably close to, if not over a hundred K worth of fans there, but specifically part of the student section, just a bunch of idiots, dumb, drunk kids, you know, a night game is a disaster for that type of environment getting all day to drink and get revved up and just not knowing yep. what you're doing. So that was a night game, I believe, right? Yeah. 730 yeah, kid. That, that thing bad did not idea. end until close to midnight. I want to say so. Yeah. It was late. Yeah. That well, was you, my fuck. Did you, did you see happen to see live or did you? Yeah. So I, was, I was watching it. Um, yeah. I was going to be setting it at the felt and I had it up pulled up on my iPad and those, those people were going nuts. Do you ever watch sec shorts? The comedy I, series, it's on Facebook. No, I don't believe I do. All right. There's these guys that do like a weekly SEC skit. And you'll have to find it. They're, they're, they're pretty hilarious. They okay. did a skit on Monday about it. Hmm. And it was one of the Tennessee fans going through Neyland Stadium security. It was it was pretty good. He had the guy had mustard and he they let him in with that. And he had like in the in his bag, he had uh golf balls and uh, all kinds of stuff. And they let him in with all of it, but they wouldn't let him in with like paper clips or something. You know, it was like yeah, that's funny you, you mentioned pull that. it up and look at it. 
because looking at the field, the debris, I did see that mustard bottle land there. That's so that's that's pretty good. I'm gonna have to go yeah. back and watch it. So it's SCC Shorts on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube as well, but I, I it just comes up on my Facebook feed early in the week on Monday or Tuesday, typically. Okay. Cool. Well, um, let's hit a quick break and we'll be back with some college fantasy mumble jumble after this. This and all of our podcasts are sponsored by Malicious Intent Apparel and Sports Memorabilia. Check them out at www.mal-int.com to purchase your next humorous sports t-shirt or that signed rookie card you already have pictured in your man cave. Earn 15% off your next purchase when you use the promo code 15ONMI, that's 15 on MI, and be sure to follow us at Giving the Points Podcast on Twitter for our weekly college football picks and random college football info and thoughts. Okay, so we're back. So let's jump to our uh, any particular news and notes over the college football landscape that uh, came to your attention other than the fucktards in the Knoxville. No, kind of a kind of a slow week. You know, we talked about the three things we learned. I mean, that yeah, that's a lot of the newsworthy stuff. I was impressed with with one team, and we'll talk about that when we when we talk about our our impressions. Okay. In the next section, but nothing just jumped out to say, "Hey, this is something, something worth talking about." Yeah, have a dead week. So, focus on our fantasy league, college fantasy. We were just revealing that you know, in a shortened we, I, I think I made a scheduling issue and shortened the season with a an odd number of teams. We are actually looks like mathematically probably out of the contention for the four team playoff. With, um, let's see here. I think I'm at three and four. So the best I can be is four and four and you're at two and four best you can do is four and four, four as well. Four. So, you know, with a 500 record, we may have a chance. There's a five and one team and a four and two team. Everybody else has three losses or more. So slim chance with head to head matchup. So let's not even focus on that. I guess, unless you found someone that did well for you last week that you can. Absolutely recall. not. I'm playing on raggedy edges here. Yeah, uh, the buys are coming up for a lot of my last week from a lot of my team. Yeah, uh, shit, I'm playing <clears throat> KJ Jefferson is my starting quarterback the last two weeks. That kind of tells you where I'm at. Yeah, man, I just noticed and that's it reminded me that I didn't have my TC, not TCU, my SMU Tanner Mordecai quarterback last week. Um, Bijan balled out for me and for Texas, but. I'm missing somebody else. Oh, my Western Kentucky wide receiver. Um, I don't know what's his fucking name, but yeah. So I, I I'm missing two big pieces, and I end up losing to to newcomer Paul, two hundred seven to one seventy one, and you lost one eighty one to one fifty eight. So we're running on fumes towards the end of the season here, and yep. looks like the two who thought and normally are in the final four are not going to be present. So we will. It Go happens. along. Yeah. It happens. Every once in a while you get a bad year. So I'm going to chalk it up as uh, I've had an injury riddled year. I think, you know, at the end of the season, let's talk about where our team started and what we ended up with. And I think uh, it's going to be surprising to a lot of, a lot of folks. So let's move over to Heisman um, and talk about our winner predicted and dark horse. 
you know, I think personally that I don't want to see Bryce Young. I don't think he deserves it. I, I know with the odds, he's, you know, one or two in line to win it. I just think he's a product of the Bama offensive machine. They churn game-managing quarterbacks, nothing spectacular year after year. Uh, where do you stand on Bryce Young? You know, I I was not a – I didn't have him in my top four until I watched the game last weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, he really impressed me. He really hmm. did. I, okay. I, I had him down here as he's he's my – to a dark horse. Interesting. You know, okay. I got, I still got Pickett is my dark horse. Okay. He's got a big game coming up this weekend versus Clemson. Yes. If he rattles off 400 yards in that one and a couple of TDs, he's mm. going to start getting some really good looks. Dude's just throwing the ball all over the field. Um, and Bryce Young, I've, I've got him right there with Pickett. I mean, here, here's the thing Alabama is going to crush everybody in front of them until they get to Georgia. He puts up a really good game against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Then the next week is, is Heisman. So uh, he's got a, he's got a a shooter's chance. Yeah, for sure. So, so remind me again, your winner, you're predicting who was it again? I got Ritter. You're sticking with Ritter. Okay. I'm sticking with him. He had a poor outing last week. Um, Yeah. And it wasn't due to him. It was due to a lot of play time, you know, and the plays they were running. His uh, running back forward, yes. I think he had 600 yards rushing in the first half. I mean, every time yeah. I looked up, he was trouncing down the field like a racehorse. Yeah. So, so that didn't help him. But as we've, as we've talked about, as he gets closer to the end and they start really – putting the the lumber to some some of these teams Mm -hmm. and they keep moving up in that top 10 he's gonna he's gonna have a real real chance yeah especially if they stay you know like you said stay undefeated stay in the top you know stay relevant in the playoff talk so i think uh, a quarterback in that position for that type of team definitely has to have some sort of uh Mentioned in the top three or four, um, and you mentioned that Pickett is your dark, <clears throat> excuse me, dark horse uh, for yeah, Heisman, right? From Pitt, yeah. got it. And just uh, looking at Bovada's latest odds, you know they've got Ritter is still twenty to one, which is good uh, considering. And Pickett's twenty two to one, so he's been creeping up there. So you may be onto something with Pickett. You know he may make a long late run there. Um, I I am changing my tune. Uh, my dark horse is actually who I have been thinking and hoping because most of my money is on um, is now switched to B. John Robinson. He had a very good game last week, although they choked in uh, at home against Oklahoma State, which we'll talk about more here in a minute. And he ran for 21 attempts, 135 yards and two touchdowns and three catches, 38 yards and another touchdown receiving. So three touchdowns to account for him. Um, with the performance by Matt Corral, I'm going to put him as my predicted winner. Um, you know, he had not really a stellar passing game like he is known for having, but he had 30 carries and 195 yards versus Tennessee. I mean, for a hmm. quarterback uh, not named Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick, that's that's pretty pretty rare. So 30 carries, the, Lane Kiffin must have seen something in the Tennessee defense to be calling plays like that or he just decided upon himself to run i didn't watch the whole a lot of the beginning of the game just the end of it 
But, um, you know, I'm looking at the odds, Bryce and Matt are roughly two to one. And I hate to say it, but that C.J. Stroud, he could make a run if if Ohio State continues to be relevant. Even though with a one loss, he's nine to one. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Walker, Michigan State, 18 to one. And then my buddy, B. John Robinson at 30 to one. Caleb Williams coming out of from nowhere, out of the, the shadows of the rattlesnake. He is at 25 to one. Do you think he has any chance in hell to even be in the top three or four? Yes, I do. Okay. I mean, if, if he, what does he takes, need to do? He's got to run the table. He's got to put up about 400 yards passing every game. Okay. Undefeated, obviously. Can't take a loss. Yep. yep. Can't take a loss. Okay. That would kill it. But he, yeah. he's got a puncher's chance. I mean, he really does. You, he just does. Yeah. I'm looking at, other options here and we'll move on but something that caught my eye that i don't recognize jordan davis do you have any idea who this is jordan davis doesn't ring a bell i had to look him up he is a georgia defensive player he he's up here at 100 to 1 and i haven't seen that's the first i've seen him in any odds so they're reaching that's, that's a reach and then i mean you go all the way to Malik Cunningham at 300 to one for a uh, quarterback for Louisville. I think it's Not very, yeah, it's a very weird year for Heisman. And I don't think the winner is going to be deserving I, at the end of the year. I, I, you know, my money hopes is Bijan, but we'll move on. Um, so we'll update that from week to week. Um, now, as far as most and least impressive fantasy players, and then we'll do teams. Who did you who caught your eye fantasy wise uh, for most impressive last week? Most impressive, I had Matt Corral. The cat carried the ball 30 times for 195 yards. He's a quarterback. He's a quarterback. Mm. 195 yards rushing. He was all over the field. I mean, his his passing statistics weren't that great, Mm -hmm. but a quarterback to run 195 yards and carry a ball 30 times. I, I guess he's the only guy out there. He's like the new Bo Jackson. Um, least impressive for me was Sam Howell, North Carolina. He threw two touchdowns, one pick, only for 154 yards. And that whole North Carolina team has just been a big bowl of disappointment this year. And Sam Howell is the spoon to that bowl. So it, it's it's – I don't know how he's going to fare in the NFL draft, but his stock is yeah. definitely, definitely not good. Yeah, it's plummeting. They, they came in with such high hopes with that offense, even losing a bunch of guys, uh, running backs and wide receivers that we talked about in earlier podcasts. Um, yeah, I was very surprised so far at the lack of production and the outcome of the entire team in the ACC, which is a down year overall. They had a chance to to make some ground and get to a conference uh, title game and I don't, obviously don't see them doing that and nope. uh, maintaining even a uh, obviously they're going to probably get to a bowl being a 500 team so anybody gets to a bowl nowadays but um, okay it. so you get your most and least impressive players I'm going to go with my most impressive as you mentioned earlier Cincinnati running back Jerome Ford uh, guy guy had 20 carries 189 yards and four touchdowns so that Cincinnati offense is clicking I've looked at his production this year, and he he's had games of two touchdowns, one with zero, one with two, one with three, and another one with one. So he's helping out Ritter in that running game. Um, 
So he's my most impressive from last week. My least impressive is definitely Iowa's quarterback. Iowa's offense in general was just anemic. Spencer mm-hmm. Petrus, Petrus, 17 of 32 and zero touchdowns to go with four interceptions. Yeah. He actually compiled negative 24 yards rushing. So he obviously they lost at home versus Purdue. Where was that um, shit three weeks ago? Right. <laughs> when I needed it. I bet. Yeah, that was uh, – you needed that one in Happy Valley. But no, no, did they play – I forget, Penn State or Iowa? No, they played in Iowa. Okay, okay. So that was surprising to me as the overall that uh, Purdue beating Iowa in Iowa and, and Petrus or Petrus just having a just horrific game. So how about your most and least impressive overall team? Most impressive team. Alabama set for world domination. We sat here and we talked about it last week, and I said I would take Alabama at 20, minus 25, and I did load up on them at minus 18, and they rolled. Hmm. I don't even think that Mississippi State got on the field before it was 21 to nothing. I mean, it was just insane. So, most impressive for me was, was Alabama. You know, everybody every time Alabama loses, everybody's like, oh, they're done, they're done. No, <laughs> that was a loss they needed to just piss them off. Let me, and, uh, let me jump in. I want to mention something. We were talking on the last show about this, about how we wish we had um, a record of the game after a Saban coached Alabama loss. Do you remember talking about that briefly? Yeah. Yeah. So I did a little research and I was going to shoot you this in a text and I forgot to, but it's obviously far and few when this happens, but I had to go back into the early years of him. I mean, obviously, I don't know how many losses overall he has total at Alabama, but um, the outcomes were kind of surprising. There was actually an occasion, I want to say that there was two back-to-back losses. One, I want to say it was Auburn was one of them, in the, and then the SEC title game was the other one. But it was a weird, because I, I think we were wondering how they would come back and react to the, the loss and how what the spread and if they cover the spread. So, I think that year was the kick six year. Yes, I the, think. I remember that. Where Auburn ran the, the field, field goal back for a touchdown. Then they limped into the SEC championship game and got their ass handed to them. By, I'm assuming, Georgia. I'd be lying if I told you. I would have assumed Florida. Really? But I have to look that one up. Um, okay, I just want to mention that I, I did some research and didn't come up with much at all. And, and the, the wins the week after weren't very impressive. So, um, obviously, a 40-point win is impressive. So, I'm sorry, I, I stopped you there. Who's your least impressive team? Least impressive? Texas. Mm. These assholes have two double-digit leads two weeks in a row. I mean, I, I, I can't even. I just fucking can't even. They're killing me. So n- n- no, <laughs> that's more. the bottom line. <laughs> I mean, they're they're just killing me. They're killing so, parlays, teasers, straight yes, up money they lines. Are. I was I looked up at the scoreboard and I saw Texas was up like what seventeen, I think, and I was like, yeah. oh, here we go, yeah. roll on, hook them horns. And then I looked back up and it was seven. It was tied. Uh huh. They, they were losing, and I'm like, ah, oh, as long as they get the win, I'm I'm good. Right, no, right. we're gonna lay down and go to sleep. God, so two crazy. two in a row, and they, they would have been five and one. Well, obviously, did they? I'm trying to think. The Arkansas game was that 
Arkansas whooped them or Texas whooped Arkansas? I think Arkansas whooped Texas. Arkansas right? whooped Texas. Yeah. yeah, I I can't understand Texas this year. That's a weird team, man. A weird team yeah. to gamble on. I think I'm done with them for the rest yeah, of the year. I am certainly done. Yeah, good choice. So my most impressive, speaking of that game, is obviously Oklahoma State. You know, scoring 16 unanswered fourth quarter points to come from behind and beat the lowly Texas Longhorns in Austin is pretty impressive to stay undefeated in the number 12 ranking, 6-0. So um, it was a you know a good game coming up this week, which we'll talk about here in just a few moments. My least impressive team, this is a not too often talked about, but Rice. They lost 45 to zip to the undefeated Texas San Antonio UTSA Roadrunners. Had 102 total yards, gave up over 400 yards. So obviously, Texas San Antonio is now 7-0 and for the first time ever in school history, which I don't know if they've had a football program for that long, but still impressive. Their offense is clicking. I've got their kicker, who I don't know, does much for my team. Um, but Sincere McCormick is probably their lead player, um, running back, doing really well this year. And I think Frank Harris, their quarterback, and got a couple of bookends for wide receivers. They're doing fairly well. So, um, you know, Rice is just – they're horrible. They're bottom rung of the G5 schools. Um, they're definitely by far my least impressive team from not just maybe this year or this past week, but the entire year. Yeah. Um, let's move on to this week's slate of games. Now, I was talking to you other, earlier, other than the midnight kick at Hawaii, the latest game on Saturday is 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, which is really strange. Normally you have your 9, 10, 10, 30, 11 games, which I, I don't know why the scheduling is like that. There must be something special going on. Uh, for other, you know, in other parts of the, the I country. It's baseball. I was thinking about that's this. what it is. Baseball. That's probably it. They had to, they probably had originally, you know, the late games and they probably moved them up for baseball. I didn't think about that. Good point. Um, so give me three games, if you can come up with three that you're looking forward to or have half an interest in watching this coming Saturday. Honestly, other than my Penn State, there's only two games I wrote down here or three thirty Oregon at UCLA. Definitely. That's going to be interesting. You know, you've got some, some high flyers from UCLA. You've got an Oregon team. That's not as good as everybody thought. Mm-hmm. And then seven thirty USC at Notre Dame. There's, there's a mystique about that game. USC's two and three right now. Notre Dame's five and one. Neither mm-hmm. one have looked impressive. Notre Dame is just, they've just slugged their way through their, their five games, and then they took a just a beat down from Cincinnati. So I think that'll be interesting. Then I wrote down spend time with family and poker. I mean, I, that that's what I got. There's not a whole lot this week that, that I'm just going to rush to the TV to watch. Yeah, I agree. What's your uh, rating if you had to rate one to ten with decimals? Last week I started off with a seven point seven, and I finished at a seven point five. I thought okay. the games were not as good as as I was hoping. This week, I've slated them at 6.9. That's it's being not, generous. Yeah, that, in my opinion. there's not a lot to watch. Um, I'm going to start with the Wake Forest at Army at noon on CBS Sports Network. I think it's two contrasting philosophies offensively. Army is a real ground-and-pound, control-on-the-clock offense. They'll run you to death, low-scoring the better, versus the surprising Wake Forest air raid Demon Deacon offense led by their quarterback, Sam Hartman. So they're 
I want to say they're still undefeated too. So that actually is going to be an interesting game. If I'm around at the noon hour, I might pop that on. Um, second now that is game, not something you're going to get to say a whole lot is the high-flying offensive Wake Forest. Right. So we might want to archive that one. In a down ACC year, you're right. That's going to be uh, far and few that we're going to say those two those phrases together. The uh, 3.30 window, I'm looking at Oklahoma State and Iowa State. So Oklahoma State undefeated going into, I want to say, is it Ames where Iowa State is? Mm-hmm. Um, that's on Fox. So that's their big middle of the day game. Um, I think Iowa State, and we're going to talk about this more here in our wagers, is slated to, I think they're six, six and a half point favorites. So I'm curious how Vegas comes up with that when Oklahoma State's, I, I don't never understand that. When they're an undefeated team, yeah. I guess they're due for a road loss, but looking forward to seeing that game. It should be Oklahoma State's defense is really good. Iowa State's offense is really good. Something's got to give. Um, and finally, 7.30, I might pop on the ACC network and watch Georgia Tech and Virginia. I've got a fantasy vested interest, if you can even say that with much uh, little little to uh, look forward to and probably not making the playoffs. My tight end, Jelani Wood for Virginia, and my quarterback, Jeff Sims, and what I think is going to be a high-scoring affair. Um, not too good a defense between the two. Lots of fantasy goodness. Overall, like you said, I'm not being as generous. I'm going to give this week a 6.2. It is just straight doo-doo. I'm going to have to find other things to do. Probably just be a scoreboard follower as I am some off weeks. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go with a low score 6.2 as well. So, before we hit our wagers, let's hit our last break, and we'll be right back to finish up. Okay, time for some wager action. As a reminder, each of us has been allotted with our $1,000 fake bankroll before the season started. The one of us with the largest remaining bankroll at the end of the season takes the other one's $20 bill. Each week, each of us will pick or will place dollar amounts on the following. One single game pick with the spread, one underdog money line straight up pick, one parlay and or teaser, and one NFL pick with the spread. So let's recap last week's wagers and our updated balances. And most importantly, let's go over side bet Saturday from last week. Odell, what'd you start with? What'd you end up with? Very simple. We started at 1,198 bucks, uh, up $198. And as I told America, as I say here, and I've said, listen, I'm hitting about 60% 60 of these, these bets. And I'm picking parlays and teasers. I said, go out there and get you a big handful of Alabama at minus 18. We had we we put up 110 to hit 100. Yeah. Nailed it. Checked the box. Another 100 for me. We had, I said, America, UCLA is going to go out there and they're going to score some points. They're going to win. What did they do? They went out there and they scored some points and they won. So we, we bet 50 to win 55 on the money line. That's a money line. Vegas said, no, UCLA is not going to win. Jason O'Dell, the Osho, said, yes, they will. <laughs> he took them, and they won. We had 110 to win 198 on UNC minus one and a half, on Texas A&M minus three. Check those, check that. And then we sided with Iowa. We already talked about Iowa. So that mm. cost me 110 bucks. 
But then we turned right around in America and said, all right, we got one NFL bet to make. We're going to put 110 to win one to win 92 on the Chiefs minus one and Tampa Bay minus one. Shook both of those boxes. So we went from $1,198 to $1,300 in 53. Thirteen fifty three. So we were up. Oh, a good one hundred and sixty five dollars, one hundred and fifty five dollars, and we'll take that every week when it comes to gambling. But how did you do, Mister Cox? Well, let's focus on side bet Saturday first because I fared better than that. So we decided to do three different games: one college, two NFL. The first one was Oklahoma State and Texas, straight up. You were in Texas's camp. I was in Oklahoma State. I prevailed on that one. The next one was the Chargers and the Ravens. I was with Chargers. You're with the Ravens. Ravens shellacked the shit out of them. You got mm-hmm. that one. So we broke even. Push. Finally, we come to Arizona and Cleveland. You had Cleveland. I had Arizona. Arizona's for real. They won. Yes, they are. So overall, Mr. Cox is five up for side bet Saturday from this past week. Now, my personal wagers is another story. We're going to get to this story, which I don't want to get to. I lost three or four. I had Arizona State minus one. I lost 100. They lost. I'm going to go with all my losses first. Then I had the Chargers and the Cardinals money line parlay. That lost me 50. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the checkbox like Odell does. The $300 wager to win 146, not even with points, straight up parlay. Georgia, check the box versus my Kentucky Wildcats. Bama, obviously, check the box. Cincinnati, check the box. Iowa, don't check the fucking box. No. I lost $300. Not a good weekend for the wagers for the podcast now you know what what's funny about that is we talked about that last week on the podcast we said look at these ass clowns that are shoving all this money out there yes to win just a little bit and i said america don't do that don't get caught up into that because there's always going to be that one team that doesn't show up on saturday afternoon at home 11 and a half point spread in front of the kids in front of the kids, they lost. In front of the sick kids. On the other hand, the positive side of my wagering for this weekend was Oklahoma State hit the money line, 60 wagered to win 102. So we started at 897. We are down to 549. We are running on fumes. So with that being said, with a nice hefty lead, I ask you, what do you have for America on week eight? America, get your checkbooks out and get ready to double whatever check you write. We're going to put 88 down to win 80 on Ohio State minus 20. Ohio State is going to kick the shit out of Indiana. We're going to pay the VIG, the 88. We're going to roll out with 168. Lock it up. Iowa will not cover the 20 points. I'm sorry, Indiana will not cover the 20 points. We're going to put 50 to win 55 on Oregon. Oregon, they're just – something tells me that UCLA is going to shit to bed. It's not about how good Oregon is. It's it's about the lack of teams I think UCLA has played. 
and I think they're in for a for a long night. So we're going to put fifty on fifty to win fifty five on that because I, I got a big lead. I, I you know I'm I'm going to win right. if I just play the dollars right. So we're going to put up for our teaser. We're going to do a six point teaser. We're going to put one hundred and ten to win ninety two. We're going to push Oregon from plus three to plus to plus nine, and we're going to take Ole Miss, who's playing a uncoached LSU team. How you beat Florida and lose your goddamn job, I don't know, but somehow he did. We're going to take Ole Miss from minus nine down to minus three. That's going to be a two-team teaser, 110 to win 92. And then for our NFL, we're going to bet 55 to win 60. We're going to manipulate some points and take Green Bay minus seven, who's playing unbelievable right now. And we're going to take New England at minus four and a half, 55 to win 60. Lock them up, win some money. Very nice. And I noticed the theme to your wagers, not the overwhelming large dollar amounts. You're kind of just treading water, maintaining your lead, trying to milk out the rest of the season so you can get that crisp $20 bill or Venmo $20, however that way you call it. Well, so one could say that. However, that wasn't really the case. Hmm. The case is, is that this week's betting is horrible. Yeah, that's the, the bottom lines line. Are, the lines are huge. Um, you know, in my personal life, I went out there and I was like, okay, uh, I put $20 to win 32 on on a teaser with Ole Miss, Notre Dame, and Oregon. Mm-hmm. The I think the biggest bet I made um, is it, it's not on my sheet yet. I'll pull it up just for America to hear what kind of degeneration I've got going on here. I bet 22 to win 111 on Ohio State minus 21 points. It already changed since yesterday. Hmm. Michigan minus 21, Cincinnati minus 21, and Alabama minus 21. That's how bad the gambling week is this week. Um, So not a lot out there to get excited about. There's some $10, $15, $20 bets out there, but nothing I'm going to shove a couple hundred dollars on that I feel comfortable, except Ohio State. Ohio State's going to roll on Indiana. Yeah, just it's the old adage, trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. So this is by far the weakest week we've had. Um, As we're doing the pod, I'm just kind of noticing the scoreboard. There's one Wednesday night. Yes, they started the Wednesday night action, the fun belt, as they call it. Coastal Carolina. They were undefeated, ranked number 14. They lost at a final uh, three-second left field goal to App State. So they lost 30-27. to 27. That was uh, interesting. So they're taken down from the unbeaten ranks. Yep. Let's look at some wagers for me. I've got I've to I've do something. I've got to come back. I don't know if this is going to be the week to come back or make a move, but we're going to do some things, and we're going to, that's how we're going to do it. So we're going to go with the Oregon game. That's a very interesting spread. I know that UCLA is at home. Um, their offense is very high-powered with their running game with Chip Kelly. Um, Oregon's down their main running back, C.J. Verdell. So what I'm doing is this. I've decided to take Oregon at a plus two up to a minus two and a half. So we're changing it to $85 to win 102. So we're changing the money line in Oregon's mm-hmm. favor. I think they can at least win by a field goal. So I'll prevail. Um, 
Oklahoma State, we're going to run with them, man. They've been hot. Um, they're playing at Iowa State. They are not the favorite. I think they're seven-point dogs, so I'll take the money line on that, 100 to win 215. Um, we're going to do a three-way teaser, six points each. We're going to roll with the, the – my UTSA is my liberty for this year. They're you know undefeated, smaller, yeah. lesser-known team. They're just rolling. So I'm going to do UTSA down to minus one, Notre Dame down to minus one, and Ole Miss down to minus three, a 125 bet to win 225. And then finally in NFL, we're going to do a, another parlay, teasing at six points. Give me Tennessee at home plus 11 and a half. I just don't trust Kansas City. I don't think they're capable. If they win, it's not going to be by more than you know the 11 and a half. Tennessee is a fairly good team after we've seen this past week. Um, Green Bay down to minus two. New England down to minus one. I know it's not New England, your father's New England team, but they're playing the Jets, knock on wood. And then Baltimore, it's created to a pick them. So those four teams, I'm betting 60 to win 156, trying to come up off this 549 that we've come down to. So I ask you, Side bet Saturday. What tickles your fancy for a five or ten dollar bet, Mr. Odell? Well, see, here, here's what I here's what I noticed in going back and looking at my shortcomings with the side bets. Okay. Is that I've been picking all the side bets. Hmm. I've yeah. I've picked the majority of them. Majority. Yeah. Except, you know, you you connive me into Penn State, Iowa, and I'll gladly oh. take that again. Oh. Yeah. But but for the most part, I've been picking and I've been losing. Okay. So, so I'll propose we, something. Before you propose something, okay. are you ready to, to buy in another $20 worth and get another grand? Because you're, you're pretty much dead in the water. If – I didn't do this last year, but if I drop to a certain dollar amount, which I'll decide upon after Saturday night's games, more than likely I will – get in my pocket, get another $20 bill because I can afford it because of side bet Saturday, my friend. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. Your boy Cox. Let's just add this up real quick. Five, 10. Five. I mean, I think I've got my 20 right here. If I'm not you mistaken. Do. Okay. You do. So it's, it's 20. What we'll do is we'll, we'll more than likely, if unless a miracle happens and I hit three or four of these this week, I'll probably just move that side bet Saturday, $20 winnings over to a, another buy-in which I know I'm confusing the listeners and probably you at this point, but no, we'll, we'll make it work. Um, I, I've got a couple of proposals. If, if you're up to hearing go, it, go right ahead. Your call. Go right ahead. You know, as we talked about Oklahoma state is going to Iowa state and they are the underdog. I'm high on Oklahoma state. I think they can stay above water and stay undefeated. Where do you stand on Iowa state at home? Are you down for that straight up five? Feel free to say no. I, no pressure whatsoever. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Iowa State. Okay. I got no problem with that. I'm not a believer in them, but I'm not a believer in Oklahoma State either. So we are doing the points or straight up? You tell me. I'll, I'll be a gambler and go straight up. Okay. All right. So we'll do Oklahoma State, Cox, Iowa, yeah, Iowa State, Odell. $5 straight up, no spread. Now, looking at the rest of our picks, we're on the same page with Oregon, Ole Miss, Green Bay, New England, Ohio State. I don't have any 
dog in the fight. I really see nothing else unless we scour the. Let's take a look. How you feel? You don't about want a piece of Indiana? Absolutely not. No. Oh, Ohio State. As bad as it sounds to say it, and I'm going to get sick saying it, they're going to crush them. I, I hope not, but Indiana is just putrid this year. What do you just? Do you have any thoughts on Wake Forest Army? What's the spread? Army at home. Wake Forest is a three-point favorite. Army, we can we can move on. Army, How, Army. Oh, I, I'm I'm looking. I'm okay. And it's a three only a three-point spread. And if if the over/under, I don't know if you dabble on that too often, is fifty-two and a half. It'll be an over. That'll be an over. You think so? Yeah, See, but I, I, think I, I like I like an... Army. I, I do like Army. I'll take Army to cover that three and a half. Really? So yeah. would you rather do it's it's a th- straight three? Would you rather do the points because I I'll, I would take Wake Forest or the over under because I would take the under. I'll take the over. I, I'll, so, I'll definitely take the over over Army. Yeah. Would you rather it... do one of the other or both? <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about Wake Forest and Army this much in detail. Let's do both. Let's let's see if we can we can split it. Okay. All right. Uh, that, so I guess I won't have to unless you have some other options here. I mean, I was going to mention Penn State, Illinois. I really have no faith in Illinois. Uh, that's twenty three and a half. Penn State. Here's favorite. the thing. Here's the thing. I'll tell America at eleven thirty as you're watching game day. If you see Sean Clifford in uniform throwing the ball and is going to play take Penn State. If you right. see Sean Clifford stand on the sideline wearing the same shit that I'm going to be wearing Saturday, put your money on Illinois. 23 and a half, huh? Yep. Take, okay. take, I mean, Penn State's going to win the game. But if Penn State doesn't have Clifford, it's going to be more like a two-touchdown game instead of a five-touchdown game. Okay. Interesting. So he's on the fence whether he's going to play or not. Okay. Yeah, they, they haven't said he didn't practice all last week. They've kept practice closed this week, and they're saying in in Franklin, who is rumored to be going to USC here any minute, hmm. uh, has not even mentioned his name. He said right now it's an open competition for for who's going to start. Interesting. So we will see. Got it. And before we part ways here one more mention here i just noticed fsu has a interesting home game versus a very uninteresting team umass Mm -hmm. who has traditionally since they've been in fbs rankings one of the worst records i don't know if you've looked at this do you know how much florida state is favored by have you seen this the last time i saw it was 35 and a half that is correct there is no way in hell that Florida State can score 35 points, in my opinion, even over a lowly UMass team. What, do you, what are your thoughts? And then we can, we can finish this up. I'll take Florida State at 34, <laughs> not 35 and a half. That's a whole different – that's a whole other realm. I, I mean – Florida I State blows them out. Florida State completely blows them out. And here's why. Not okay. because of the coaching, because they got the athletes that UMass don't have. <laughs> they just do. I mean, I don't give a shit who UMass is trotting out there. They don't have Florida State talent. 
The problem with Florida State is not the players they got on the field. It's the coaches they got calling the plays. Yeah. I think it was They got zero discipline. So even if, even with undisciplined, they're going to run up and down the field on UMass. I don't think UMass has won a game in what two years. No, they actually won. They did win uh, one this year. They're one in five. I think it was okay. versus Connecticut. No, no, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, it was Connecticut who was equally, if not, you know, yeah. they're one in seven. So yeah, that was last week's uh, toilet bowl. So I I do. I looked at that and I thought about teasing that game down to really you know twenty eight and a half. I tease and just it up. taking the hook. God. Because so I I do think Florida State lays it on them. You want to bet on that too? I will I will take that. What, what oh. at 34? Not 34. At, not that's, at 34. that's fair enough. So okay. let's recap side bet Saturday because this is the most involved we've had this season. We have Oklahoma State, Cox, Iowa State, Odell, straight up, no points. We have for these are all for five dollars. Wake Forest minus three. Cox, Army, plus three, Odell. Then we have Wake Forest, Army, under 52.5 total points, Cox. The opposite, over 52.5, Odell. Make sure to make a note there. And finally, the highly acclaimed UMass, plus 34, FSU, minus 34. Cox is taking UMass. Odell's daring to take FSU to score 34 points. So I'll call that. Wow, this has been a very eventful uh, side bet Saturday. Yep, looking for. I'm actually. This has made this week's action a little bit more interesting. So I appreciate you doing that. Anything else to add before we part ways, sir? No, sir. No, sir. I, I wish you good luck on your anniversary endeavors. Thank you, sir. Uh, Thank I you. I know. I know how those are, and they're very important. Yeah. And uh, if you need me, I'll be at Baltimore Live. Yeah, so. and we'll have to delve into some more poker stories and your your success uh, next week. So let's not forget to to talk about that. So again, for Jason Odell, I am once again Jeff Cox, wishing you much luck in your wagering endeavors, and as always, good luck, good boxing. Please don't forget to follow us at Giving the Points Podcast on Twitter. Again, that's Giving the Points Podcast spelled out. And don't forget to rate and review the show on the Apple and Anchor Podcast apps. And as always, we thank you for listening to Two Middle-Aged Idiots Talk About Stupid Things.